Hey guys, so this is the second episode of Take Note with I'm I'm uh, Taylor Reese King and this is Adrian Fry. Hello. Um, yeah. So we're gonna talk about what our favorite instruments to write for are. So, um, Adrian, do you wanna do you wanna kick it off? Uh, yeah, sure. I'd say probably right now. Um, I'm I'm really loving the cello. I don't know, oh yeah, such, why? It's such a rich sound. Like I, I just oh, and then the cello players like also really help because they are just so in love with their sound too. So whenever you give them something to play, they're just they just like they take it to the next level. It's amazing. Yeah, like Ava from the um, from the music department at Boise mm -hmm. State. She's amazing. I love her to death. Um, and she sounds so good. I wrote this uh, cello part in my uh, in the orchestra arrangement of my um, concerto for alto saxophone, and it's it's a hard part. It has like thirty second notes. It's at like sixty two beats per minute though. But she was like nailing it, and um, she sounded so good. And I love writing for that instrument because it's it you can have very rich low sounds and also beautiful high melodies. I really love the um, range of not only. Um, like registrally the range but the ranges of the styles i can do it's a wonderful instrument yeah and and my problem my favorite piece uh written for cello has to be the elgar cello concerto. elgar like it just rips my heart out every single time like if if i have a a piece that consistently makes me cry it is uh Mahler's second symphony and um the elgar cello concerto like every time i listen to it i just can't help it <laughs> i haven't actually listened to it i'll have to check it out um oh dude it's it's so good uh benjamin zander has a uh interpretation master class on it definitely watch that okay i will uh i'll check it out and so uh you should you should too the listeners of um this podcast um so what else? What other instruments do you like writing for? Um, well, right now I'm I'm writing a lot of uh trumpet stuff because I uh that's mm -hmm. that's what I'm gonna do for concerto aria. I'm writing a trumpet concerto. Oh, cool! So, um, You're not yeah, doing I've performance. Listening to no, no. Oh, I'm 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 not even gonna like pretend I'm very good at my instrument. I'm I'm not. You sound great. <laughs> Nonsense. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's uh. Yeah, anyway, I'm I like composing, so <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm composing a trumpet concerto. Yeah, for, so uh, for Mitch. Yeah, for oh, oh, wow, mm -hmm. nice. That's yeah. cool. Um him and I him and I are really good friends. Um so I love Mitch. He's awesome. Yeah. Um yeah, last year I did a concerto aria and um I I did it on saxophone. For performance but also i composed my uh, composed the piece that i did it's a concerto for alto saxon as as i was previously talking about um i got permission from professor purdy so like like months in advance i asked him if it was okay for me to re like go through performance and do my own uh my own piece um mm -hmm. and it was perfectly okay with him um but unfortunately COVID happened yeah. No, he no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Um he oh, just okay. added in uh the composition thing that was gone for a couple years. Um mm -hmm. so um which Calvin won, right? Yeah, I think Calvin won. I think so, yeah. Yeah, it was James Calvin were uh neck and neck um on that. I I can't remember if there's another uh, com another composer um, I don't for think it, so. But I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, I think it was just them. Maybe yeah. Alan? I'm not sure. Um but and then COVID happened, and then that whole performance got screwed up. Screwed um, everything up, dude. Literally I haven't all been in an ensemble in several months, and I miss it so much. Oh yeah, I've I been miss working it with so much. Yeah, I've been working with my friend on like multi-track stuff, so I'm still kind of in the ensemble environment. But there's, it's not even close. It's not the same. Too. It's just no, not it's the not. Same. Yeah, like, so it's not even close. Oh no, God. <laughs> So my um my favorite instruments I have several to write for. First off, every, those people who know me pretty well know um, my first 
uh, most favorite instrument to write for is the French horn, or I should say the horn. Um, it is absolutely gorgeous. I love the soaring melodies you can do with it. I love having rips. I love, I just, I just love the horn, horn solos, especially, um, my favorite horn solo, um, not like concerto, but like in a, in a concert band. Oh, what would my, I actually don't know. What, what would yours be? Do you have an idea? For, for what? Horn. Horn solos. I haven't really uh, listened to a whole lot of horn music. I, I need to. I'd say my favorite part of the horn is probably the low range. Oh yeah, but I love it. I love when it just growls. It's so sick. Mm-hmm. You can have really <laughs> like, can, like the rips are cool and the high notes are really cool, but the low, low notes like they they get me. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because um, horn players often specialize on ranges, so you have either high mm-hmm. or low range horns. And so first horns are obviously high. Sometimes third horns are also high. Sometimes it's second horns. Depends on the composer. Um, so I'm, sometimes it's one, three, two, four for horn writing. Sometimes it's one, two, three, four. Um, and, and then you have Mahler, like who has six horns and, or eight horns or whatever. So I love, I love horns. Um, I could talk about them for a while. Um, yeah, I, I like, um, I love writing really high horns. Um, obviously don't do it too often because they'll, it'll kill their chops um but i wrote this new piece called fleeting moments for justin granados he's a horn player at boise state um he commissioned me to write this piece actually at um oh god what was it it was at the uh not the las vegas bowl but it was in las vegas the first time blue thunder was there um yeah uh you know that you know the chant where uh blue thunder goes give me a b b give me a b b Give me another B. B, give me five more Bs. B, 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 B. What does that spell? (laughs) I love that thing. And so I I turned, uh, Justin was standing right behind me, and um, I asked him, um, hey, yo, you should should, um, do this chant because I love it so much. It's hilarious. And uh, he said, only if you write me a horn solo. And I said, okay. And so we did it. And so now I have to, uh, I had to write a horn solo. Um, so I got it, I got it finished a, a few months back and it's about, oh, I have to, I have to pull up the um, uh, program notes. Yeah. It, it was really interesting how, uh, like writing this solo because it, um, it challenged me because I'm not, uh, I'm, I, I had to write a whole thing for horn when I am used more to saxophone, I've written uh, several things for solo saxophones, but I've never written anything for any other solo instrument. And now Wesley Nielsen, uh, trombone, asked me to write an alto trombone yeah. piece. So, <laughs> yeah. So right now I'm now I'm working on that. Um, so yeah, this this um, the program notes for this piece is um, it is my belief. Music is a collection of moments, all put together to create one living and breathing entity. When performed, each moment only happens once and never again, but each one contributes to another. To me, this is analogous to who we are, uh, who we as people are. Every single person has millions and millions of moments that they are made uh, that they are that they are made of, which uh, came and went in the blink of an eye. We have a way of looking back on these moments with photographs and memories, but those moments will never happen again. Each person contributes to uh, to other people's moments around them. So let let's make the best of them. Be the best you can be. So, um, and the cover is of a person standing um, with a train passing by, um, and it, right it on. it's a really interesting picture, and I think it beautifully captures um the uh the idea of just moments literally fleeting moments passing by and you're just standing still it's a absolutely beautiful photo yeah that i got from pexels do you know um it's a it's a um site that you can get free photos free professional photos yeah um it's absolutely awesome um that's where i get all my uh uh 
stock photos um, from, and you can get them for free and use them for advertisements right and stuff. So yeah, cool. when I have, I, I have, I have an, a, what's up? Oh, I was like, I have uh, several artist friends I commission when I have a piece I want a picture for. Yeah, um, it's I expensive. I feel like it's 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 a lot more personal. No, my my people charge me like five bucks. Oh, okay. Who do you uh, who do you talk to? You gotta plug them. Uh, one of my friends, uh, Retro, he's freaking awesome. I love him. Uh, I call call him uh, Christ because his name's Christian. But um, yeah, he's really cool. Here, I'll me I'm gonna. Look up his uh, Instagram real quick, so I can plug yeah. in. We'll have to. Uh, yeah, it's um, just a uh, retro whiskey on a. Uh... Yeah, and he he draws this a uh, really cool kind of like uh, surreal art. It's it's really cool. Um, I really like supporting those kinds of artists, and um, just artists in general. Mm-hmm. Um, to because I'm like, if if I'm gonna create a piece, I want someone to kind of like you know also have a hand in the creation so a way to do that is to create like the you know album art or cover art or whatever you want to call it yeah um i'm gonna throw in a little plug um lily samson took a bunch of my uh, professional photos and also created my logo for my king music studio um she's amazing and she doesn't charge enough in my opinion so i i tipped her generously um but she, uh, she's amazing. She did great work, and she got back really quickly. And um, you should, uh, it, listeners, if you ever want um, good photos or a logo of your business, uh, well, we should get you in touch with her. Um, she's awesome. So anyway, uh, I wrote this horn solo about the like moments in music and analogous to who we are as people, um, and it explored several different things um it explored the high range and the low range um i had to uh, talk to uh, justin it's like hey how low and loud can you play um because there's this part uh towards the middle of it where it's like mega fortissius yesimo down in the like low register let me see how i'm um, controlled here whoops they d sharp um and like as loud as you possibly can play d sharp i think that's three mm-hmm. Um, which would be on horn. I think that's an A sharp. I'm not sure. So it'd be uh, this guy. That loud. Um, so I'm not sure if uh, the um, if Craig picked that up. Um, Craig's the uh, bot that we use to record. Um, he's our butler. Yeah, he's our butler. He records. Um, <laughs> so anyway. We don't pay him. And then I also uh, explored the high range. Um and Justin has a beautiful high range. I love I love his uh, high range so much. Um, so anyway, I, I'm really excited about this piece, and uh, I, I've already released it. It's on my website. You can listen to it. Um, I'll I'll throw a link into it uh, in the description. Uh, fleeting moments. Um. So yeah, what other instruments do I like to write for? I love alto flute. Um, for some, uh, like I, I, I like flute. Um, I like piccolo, but for some reason, the alto flute mm. really speaks to me um, because it, like, it has the low, um, beautiful, like, calming sound. I love the low register. It's of so flute. gorgeous. I love it. It's so um, good. Yeah. Who um, wrote it best? The high register is cool, but like the low register. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it, it slaps. Um, <laughs> bass flute is also really cool. Uh, John Mackey, um, yeah. Frozen Cathedral. The uh, the, there's a bass flute part in there, bass flute and alto flute in there, and it's it's just so calming and beautiful. Calvin talked about um that piece in one of the podcasts, and we're gonna release that as well. Um, he, he talked a lot about that, and it it is it was just absolutely gorgeous. I love the alto flute. Um, it, it, it is just, you can play just as technically as any other flute. Um, it obviously takes more air. You have to take, uh, they have to take many more breaths. Um, but it, it's just, it's so woody and calming and like it resonates in your stomach. Um, when you, when you listen to it live, I just, it's so beautiful. Um, another 
another instrument I love to write for is the, um, well, well, any double reeds really. I don't like the lower register of oboes or English horns. I like the more mid to high register. Um, when you get mm-hmm. when you get down in the low registers of those two instruments, it sounds really like sounds like ducks quacking. It's got a cool color to it. I don't know. I it think. just sounds a little bit nasally to me. Um, I suppose that depends on the player, but um, from from what mm. I, I I personally don't like writing in that register. But high oboe sounds so beautiful. Um, English horn in the middle to mildly high register, I think is absolutely gorgeous. And then bassoon, bassoon literally any register is amazing. I love bassoon. Bassoon is hate me because I like giving them a lot of parts. Um, Chris, um has has like scolded me on my bassoon writing because i uh like in the concerto i gave them like multi-register um technical passages and he's just like taylor what are you doing (laughs) um so yeah he he helped me rewrite it and rework it actually no i shouldn't say it that way he rewrote it so then he could act like the bassoons there could actually play it um, and he did a great job with that, so I'm gonna have to incorporate his uh, what he did into my writing. Um, but yeah, he bassoon all all uh, double reeds are really awesome. Um, well, first light for oh my that god, part is so cool. It's so mechanical and just so dark. Uh-huh. I love it. I just love that entire. I love Maslanka is awesome. Like it's so amazing. It's it's. It was it was a blast to play. Oh, literally! Man. Oh my god, um, it was a hard yeah. piece. It goes hard, hundred percent. Like hundred eighty um, beats per the, minute, uh, and like the woodwinds, mm-hmm. including the bassoons, like all all woodwinds. The entire pages after the first page are just black with just sixteenth notes at hundred eighty beats per minute. We didn't quite make it to that tempo, but and it's just runs all over the place it was crazy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and my favorite part especially the the timpani part he was using i forgot what those sticks were called um but they're they're uh, bamboo sticks that um have a uh, multiple ends to them and so when you hit them it's multiple sticks hitting um it's beautiful well not beautiful it's it's a really aggressive sound and i i thought that was really cool matt did a beautiful great mm-hmm. job with that i keep saying beautiful that is really aggressive um and in your face and it was it was awesome um yeah um that that whole that piece is oh just so God. much fun to play it the, was so the cool cut mute part the cut mutes i love the sound of cut muted brass mm-hmm. that is also that's something i also love to write for because it just sounds so opulent and imperial and it's just so sick it's so cool mm-hmm. yeah brass is really I'm gonna, cool yeah, I'm gonna write a uh, a piece I think called "Abandoned Opulence," where it's like, um, you know, uh, abandoned kind of like wealth, or you see like a a giant manor kind of just sitting on a hill, like in the distance, and it's all run down and destroyed and everything else. And I was like, well, what did that look like before, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but that that kind of house makes me think of cut muted brass. Do it. It just yeah. That's exciting. That's really cool. Um, the last instrument that I really like to write for, actually, it's kind of ironic. I didn't like writing for it up until like this year, um, but it's it's the trumpet. But mm-hmm. I don't like writing for B flat trumpet like at all. Um, I think in in concert band, it just it doesn't quite sound right. Um, it's too in your face. To me, C trumpets sound so much better. They have more of a pure tone and they're more round um even if you have an amazing player playing on b flat trumpet sounds like it should be in a jazz band but playing in c trumpet it sounds orchestral and classical i don't know that's just to me and my favorite solo for any trumpet um well for and my favorite solo over any other piece is summon the heroes by john williams absolutely gorgeous piece i i that melody hits me so hard when anyone plays it buddy deschler um who's a guy who came in to uh 
the music tech studio uh, a while back. Um, recently posted him um, playing that, and oh my god, it was just, it hit me different, you know? That, that solo is just awesome. so sorry about that adrian's internet cut out so we're gonna take a little bit of a break and get back into talking about trumpets so thank you for listening interesting about trumpets i mean there, there are multiple many different types of trumpets you have c trumpets b flat trumpets d trumpets like basically every single key you can possibly think of um but you also have like piccolo trumpets um which is interesting because you can uh are, are in two keys simultaneously in a way all you have to do is move the slide in the tuning slide out and then it's in a different key they prefer mm -hmm. playing an a in more sharp keys and b flat in uh more flat keys However, I think the piccolo trumpet in A is more in tune than B flat. Um, so, but I, I I love writing for piccolo trumpet, um, especially because it sounds like a C trumpet, just like really high. Um, but the, I think they have about they have like this. You're 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 supposed to have them be in about the same range. Um, piccolo trumpet is really good for technical stuff up there, um, but mm -hmm. C trumpet is really good for like um, uh, like leaps up there um so try not to have leaps in this is all from mitch actually um he he talked a lot about i i just asked him so many questions about trumpets so yeah piccolo trumpets can be really technical up in the higher range c trumpets um can do more leaps um but they actually they have basically the same range you don't want to go too much higher than each other um the the uh cornet um is uh, isn't technically a trumpet, but trumpets play it. It's it's basically it's really good for technical stuff. But I love the sound of cornets because it's so round, and I love using it for really lyrical slow passages, which is kind of ironic because that's not what most people yeah, use them for. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the flugelhorn, which actually funny thing, it was the flugelhorn was invented by the same guy that invented the saxophone. And originally, the flugelhorn was called the soprano sax horn. So a sax horn was like its own instrument family, right? Like the saxophone mm -hmm. or trumpet. Um, and so this was the soprano sax horn, which implies that there are alto sax horns and berry sax horns, so, uh, so on and so forth. So anyway, um, what's cool about the uh, flugelhorn is that it's, um, it's what is it called it, uh, when it tapers? Um, Co oh my god, I forgot the name. Conical. When the uh um so the B flat trumpet is straight. Um it it doesn't it, it's not conical, it, it stays the same diameter up until the bell. The flugelhorn increases in diameter up until the bell, just like the French horn does and the saxophone does. Um and when you do that, the sound gets really round, and so all three of those instruments have similar uh, have more similar timbres to each other than other instruments um, because of that. And I think uh, that's why I love writing for French horn is because they can have such a round, beautiful tone. But putting flugelhorns and taking them out of jazz and putting them in classical music is also really cool to me um, because you can have like a French horn sound, but it's more trumpety and it's more pure and it can go higher kind of. Um, yeah, you don't want to go as high on trumpet uh, on flugelhorn as you do on uh, flugelhorn because, oh my God, it's difficult. Um, God, I'm talking a lot about trumpets. Um, anyway, so yeah, I, I I've started to really dig writing for trumpets. Um, they're really cool. So, um, yeah, what else? What else do you like to write for? I just listed like 18 instruments that I love to write for. <laughs> uh, minus trombone. Wow. Piano's pretty dope. Oh, piano's so hard. 
I I really struggle with writing piano. Why do you like writing piano? Sorry, what? Why do you like writing piano? Oh, why? I don't know. I just feel like there's lots of different possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, like you could slam your whole forearm on it. You could uh, use prepared piano, for instance. You could um, Pre- yeah, prepared piano is going to destroy the piano if you don't do it carefully. Yeah, yeah, of course. People it's... probably hated John Cage for that. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, they're like, we're going to play a John Cage piece. It's like, all right, you better be prepared to buy a new piano. <laughs> <laughs> so for those people who don't know, prepared piano is basically when people put stuff on the strings of the piano. Um, yeah. before they play and if you like certain things like nuts and bolts will destroy the strings um so you got to be really careful about that and i'm not i haven't actually done the research on like anyone who has hated john cage because of it but i'm willing to bet you a hundred bucks that he's like caused major damage to pianos before um so yeah, i probably yeah, shouldn't have said that on a do it right on a podcast because if i'm wrong then i have to owe every one of our listeners a hundred dollars um <laughs> man man you just that's why i don't make bets that i won't win <laughs> i just screwed myself there but i'm i am pretty confident he like totally screwed a bunch of stuff over um yeah i mean let me look that up before uh before yeah yeah we, let's um, let's facebook fact checkers real quick <laughs> <laughs> Dude, okay, so a uh, little bit of a story time, but uh, I've been following anti-mask Facebook groups because I made a shirt that says uh, "Say No to Masks," and I'm trying to get people to buy it. Um, so I've just been like reading what all these people say, and it's it's so it's it's crazy. I don't. It's just weird. It's so crazy to me. It's it's just it's oh, man. <laughs> Some of them are really funny. Like here, let me let me go to my groups real quick so we can read some things. Um, yeah, the California against masks groups is uh is pretty funny. Um, just these people are like ridiculous sometimes. It's just honestly hilarious. <laughs> All right, so every yeah, one like, of our like, listeners owes me a hundred dollars because it did cause uh sometimes it caused permanent damage to ham- hammers and stuff. So all right, I was right. Woo. That's good. So yeah, the masks, the uh, say no to face mask thing. So um, yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. I just got an idea. I was like, man, these people are like kind of getting on my nerves because they're like, oh, I'm smarter than doctors. Ha <laughs> ha. I'm like, no, you you work at Walmart. What are you talking about? Like um. And and so I, I got an idea. I was like, might as well like try to sell them something. So I made a say no to masks t-shirt um, mm-hmm. um in like a patriotic font with like American like stripes and stars and, and stuff. Um and I'm hoping it does well. I I haven't like actually uh posted in any groups yet you about should, it. So you should the, make some that merch after off. that that has this ironic hidden message in it um that makes people go mm. oh yeah say no to masks but actually it's just showing them how stupid they are well <laughs> i made it i put it on a mask as well i say no to masks and i put it on a mask so that that's also a that's also i love it so <laughs> so yeah i think um, it's pretty funny backing off of uh backing off of that and getting back more on track um oh we should sell that merch on take note oh my god that'd be funny um what <laughs> on a mask <laughs> that'd be hilarious on a yeah i ever i've already yes let's do it <laughs> uh, it's on it's on teespring just go to uh say no to masks mask and you'll be able to buy it <laughs> i love it all right so coming back to uh take note um so what more instruments besides so you were talking about the cello and the cut muted brass that you really personally like. Mm-hmm. Um, what else are you yeah. uh, really interested in? Uh, trombone, well, bass, trombone yeah, no, writing. No duh. Oh, I know I'm biased, but I freaking love it. I don't. It just has like this uh, glorious kind of like heaven's parting moment mm-hmm. 
um, which is why I actually really enjoy um, orchestral playing, even though some brass players are like, oh, like, I don't get to play. Like, you know, like, here's like 70 measures of rest real quick, you know? Yeah. Um, but the uh... I, I don't know. I, I just didn't, I enjoy it because when, when you do come in, it's important, mm -hmm. you know? Like, you know, like you have a purpose to come in. You know, it's funny. I, I was, uh, Sorry, yeah. I've been working with my friend, um, Barrett Moffat, um, who is awesome on trombone. Um, and he, he plays mostly bass trombone at C of I. We actually released a, a multi-track project we did together. Um, and we're going to be doing more. Um, actually, we're going to be recording tonight, I'm pretty sure. Um, so anyway, with my new ribbon mic, I'm really excited about that. Oh, my God. Okay. Right anyway, on. sorry. I'm getting distracted. I still have a Blue Yeti, so I need to upgrade. Um, but I want to move out, so I'm saving up money. That, we're gonna so. yeah let's let's do a podcast talking about different equipment um and we should bring on dr g yes that'd be so cool yeah that'd be a good podcast yeah that'd be cool um all right he knows like five times more about almost everything music than i do i'm pretty sure oh five times <laughs> more like yeah. seven thousand right, uh, that's modest yeah that's <laughs> modest Sorry. i love dr g so seven much million. he's awesome yeah he's amazing um yeah, he, he's supported me a lot. Um, so anyway, getting back to that, um, he, he plays bass trombone and a little bit of tenor trombone. Um, mm -hmm. And what we found out when working with him on bass trombone is that the more the higher register, not really high register, but higher register bass trombone sounds beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, bass, bass trombone sounds cool. Yeah. But like getting to the mid to oh, high dude. register bass trombone is so resonant. As opposed to the I'm, tenor. I'm going to rent a bass trombone pretty soon. Rent to own from Dunkley's. Dude, I'm switching to bass. Mm -hmm. um, it has my heart, 100%. 100%. Like, jazz bass bone is sick. Solo repertoire bass trombone is mm -hmm. sick. Like, it's it's just it's just so cool. You should work with... Uh, um, I just I love it so much more. You should work with Dan Howard. He's the uh, principal bass trombone at uh, in the... Um, no, he's the principal. I'm pretty sure he's the principal trombone in the Boise Philharmonic. Um, but he worked with Barrett mm -hmm. Moffat on. Um, we I just call people just call him Bear. Uh, so anyway, um, he worked with Bear on uh, bass trombone, um, and he he's talked to me a lot about how he mm -hmm. teaches. Um, and I think you uh, getting into bass trombone would be um, it, it's perfect for you. So you should get in touch with him. Yeah. And anyone who is interested in, in bass trombone um, should talk to Dan Howard, Mr. Howard, because um, okay. he's awesome. He's a great guy. Do you know him? No, I do not. Um, he is a very – he's an interesting character. I love him to death. He, he is very outgoing and constantly, like, really – he's very supportive of – a lot of things he um from what i from what i can tell he goes out of his way to make people feel good about themselves and i really appreciate that about him he outside of music he is just overall a good person and um i i love that about him um but he is a fantastic bass trombone player absolutely amazing so yeah you should talk to him does uh okay, professor cool. paradis do bass trombone or is she more tenor trombone? She's a tenor player. Yeah. Okay. But um, um, she has the capacity to teach bass trombone. But, uh, yeah, Dr. Paradis. Oh, wow. She I is love her. incredible. I love <laughs> listening to her. I wish she had more recitals, honestly. Yeah, me too. Like, she's incredible. Every time Last... I walk into a lesson and she plays something, I'm like, wow. Okay. I, she's I see. amazing. <laughs> it's it's so incredible. Um, The... uh. The brass quintet she's a part of uh, came to Boise State and played, and it was incredible. Like uh, when she had like super technical passages, it felt like every note was just like mm -hmm. dead in place. What was that? Was what was incredible. that piece that they played with Symphonic Winds? Um, uh, Four Horsemen. Four Horsemen. Who's that by? God, mm -hmm. I forget. I don't remember. I'm gonna look it up right I, now. I I kind of want to compose a piece like that. Like with the exact same theme, theme and everything, but I feel like I'd be copying him. But I, I don't um, want to. Four Horsemen. Oh, that psh, that's just a story. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like you could do All so right. much more. 
I wish I wish instead of all the trombones representing all of the horsemen, I wish each different trombone represented a different horseman with its with their own motif, you know? Like that's how I would compose it if I were to do it. Um, and then I would, by... I would make the orchestra represent kind of society and like society's um, existence, I guess. I don't know. And then I would um, have the horsemen kind of like go and then turn each section of the ensemble like against each other until they all just like it all kind of devolved into just atonal chaos. And then the piece just ends. <laughs> I, would, I would love I, I've been thinking about this for a while, but um, I'd love to do something like that. Yeah, that piece was absolutely amazing. I really liked metal. it. It was metal. Um, it's it's by Jeff Cortazzo. Um, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, but I'm actually the remember the alto trombone piece for Wesley Nielsen that uh, mm -hmm. I talked about a little bit about before. Um, I'm actually th this is uh, this piece is actually my inspiration for that. Um, and what I'm what I'm doing with it. Um, after I release it, after I'm done with it, I'll I'll uh, I'll release some videos analyzing it. But the the theme right now is in the diminished scale uh zero two. Um mm -hmm. yeah, zero two. Um and it goes I'm not sure if you can hear this, but uh And it's it's yeah it's it's interesting um what I'm I'm what I'm doing with it is I'm taking right it's it's an atonal melody right yeah. um it's focusing mostly on D um but the harmonies so I think I go um and then I go no uh, even flat minor. No. There you go. So that, that um, would sound yeah, metal. That would be so yeah. cool. Also, I love how closely related metal music and classical music are. Because you don't oh, think that you know, it would mix too well, but they do. They they mix so well. If you love we classical should bring on... music, um, listen to metal. If you love metal, listen to classical because they mix so well. It's incredible. I have a few things to talk about with that. Actually, um, my friend um, Christopher Hest, you know him? Yeah. Um, he loves uh, metal music, um, and he could talk day in and day out about that. He's awesome. Um, but the other thing um, is guitars, guitar solos. Mm -hmm. A lot of their motifs that are common in guitar music is uh, th those ideas came from Paganini, actually. Right on. It's actually really interesting. I haven't fully studied um, guitar history and uh, solo history, but from what I understand, a lot of the ideas came from Paganini, which was a, uh, I think he was a violinist, um, and he wrote like some of the most technically difficult violin um, pieces out there. And you should watch Two Set Violin the talk about Paganini. Yeah, yes. Yeah, That not that the one that... Um, no, isn't one of those uh, the ones that like go up in the high range and then back down and then back up and back down? Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's it's really um, it's really cool how classical music has influenced um, metal music um, mm -hmm. and vice versa. So that that idea, the um, um, what I'm doing there, I'm 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 taking the diminished uh, scale. But I'm I'm treating the harmony as vertical, um, mm -hmm. then horizontal, and so it, different moments in the melody, um, I'm I'm harmonizing specific notes, right? And yeah. How they, um, how and I I'm I'm not really thinking about any tonal centers, um, it just it's just really interesting the sound that that creates, and it's very similar to what I've like for, to what I can tell from the four horsemen it's actually interesting the four horsemen i'm not sure if i can play this but um 
that's just a uh f minor seven uh arpeggio uh, triad uh, yeah. not triad uh chord um but it's it's mostly focusing on the minor seven and i haven't fully analyzed every single part of the four horsemen but it seems like how he's modulating um is is thinking more harmonically uh thinking harmony more as a vertical entity than horizontal like the common practice period does um, um and that's for those how he of switches you who- for those of you who don't know what he means by vertical versus horizontal, oh yeah. Um, so when you when you see like a like let's say um, you have a melody right, and you uh, or like let's say you're playing a note and you want to harmonize just that note, <laughs> yeah, you, you want to <laughs> harmonize just that note. Um, you could use like a, a vertical harmony where it would it would fit that note, but it wouldn't fit the entire phrase whereas Mm -hmm. when you're trying to do a horizontal harmony you're trying to make it make sense over a bigger picture instead of just trying to harmonize that yeah exactly Mm -hmm. instead of just trying to harmonize that specific um moment you're trying to harmonize the whole thing where Mm -hmm. um a piece i could really um point to and say that that's a a really good definition of horizontal harmony would be uh chopin's uh prelude in e minor on the dun dun oh, yeah. dun yes. dun dun because it, it takes the entire piece to finally go um five or uh one six four five one right mm-hmm. so so it's that it's that resolution of the we're finally home right so mm-hmm. that that would be a definition of horizontal harmony but vertical harmony would be like oh i'm just gonna harmonize this specific spot and then just keep doing that um mm-hmm. so that's, that's and, and not relating stuff through time it's just mostly focusing on the moment mm-hmm. moment mm-hmm. to moment whereas uh, horizontal is the big picture you know a, a person who talked about that on a youtube video what's his name adam neely the six stages of jazz harmony mm-hmm. i think it's the fifth fourth stage where That's they great. talk it's a great video yeah it's a great video it's it's mostly focusing on jazz harmony obviously but it th- that idea uh is kind of where i i got the idea to think more vertically than horizontally, which is same. Um, mm-hmm. So, I think it's the fourth level where uh, you're you're not really thinking about having chords fit with the uh, phrase. It's more about just that moment of the chord. Um, and actually, I could talk a little bit about chords, which uh, I could. Well, I could talk a lot about chords. Everyone could. Yeah. Um, but one one of my favorite concepts. Um, with chords is that any melody note can go with any bass note um mm. and with any chord basically it's, it's, and like, so, it's like how jacob collier thinks of things he's like yeah um, no yes. matter he's like he's like you can play anything just have it like just take it to where it's supposed to go right or like just bring it home so if you play like mm-hmm. uh you know a tritone you want to resolve it Mm-hmm. It's it's exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, my favorite. Uh, what's your favorite chord? My favorite chord. Yeah. Uh, probably an add nine. Like just add super nine chords. Simple. Yeah, just super simple. Just it just, oh, it just we just played so exactly like, the same thing. It's it feels <laughs> so like wholesome. I don't know. I just mm-hmm. really like it. Um, so I might have a lot of uh, add nine chords um in my next piece but yeah that's the chord i'm really vibing with right now i i wouldn't say i have like an all-time favorite chord it's just like how i'm feeling at the moment and that's just basically how i felt the past couple of weeks um also what's really fun is to just play um you know uh just stack it like one or the first the second third fourth and fifth so it just it's like a cluster yeah clusters mm-hmm. are fun Oh I yeah, forgot, I forgot the word of it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, cluster." Um, so it's like it just—it's just so tense, and you're like, "Ooh, juicy!" You know, it's super good. You know who loves that? Mm-hmm. Eric Whitaker. Eric Whitaker loves cluster chords. Um, so my my favorite chord is the dominant flat nine chord, and everyone in my music theory class—well, not my music theory class, but the theory classes that I'm in—um, know this. 
Um, I love the dominant flat nine chord because mm -hmm. the top four notes of a dominant flat nine is a diminished chord, okay? Fully diminished, which means that there are two diminished scales that can fit inside of that, uh, uh, over that dominant chord, which gives you so many opportunities of notes, which give, well, actually it gives you all 12 notes that you can work with, um, so it's just an interesting concept. I love, I just, I just love that sound. It's so cool. Um, and then my, uh, I have, I have a couple favorite chord progressions, my favorite, uh, which I use actually, uh, uh, um, it's that. Basically, it's root movement by a third, but um, I just basically take a minor chord in root position and then take the outside two notes and move them out by a half step. And so it goes from, say, D minor to D flat, uh, B flat minor uh, in oh. first inversion. So that's one of my favorite things to do. It's really cool to me. Um, oh, yeah, the I next see, thing. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. The next thing I really like. Um, I actually used in my uh, a couple actually a couple pieces is going from the three to the four, um, in a couple different ways. Um, I used it in fleeting moments and my new piece uh, acceptance. So uh, let me find my pedal. There it is. Um, those are cluster chord you were talking about. And then I like doing. Uh, That's what I do in uh, in acceptance. Um, those are those are just a couple chord progressions and chords that I really like. I just love this. Oh, it's just so tense and beautiful. I know, I know. Then, I, I I love it too. Um, oh. I don't like the uh, the thought of you can't really ever have tension in music. I love tension. It's just oh, it's oh, so it's so good. Um, Shostakovich, one of his piano oh, things. One of my favorite pieces uh, of all time. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um he did a piano thing with no dissonance whatsoever. Uh let me look it up. Why do you like uh Shosti so much? Um string quartet number eight. Uh yes. I love his string quartets. Those are my favorite. Number eight and number nine. Great. Um his piano trio, his second one. It's super amazing. I love his second waltz. I love his fifth symphony. I love his third symphony. I love, I, I basically love almost everything he's written. It's so amazing. It's, mm -hmm. it's just, he just has this, uh, and I also love that he managed to do all this under the intense, oppressive atmosphere of Stalin. Like oh, that yeah. is incredible oh, yeah. <laughs> to me that he got away with as much as he did when you know people were dying left and right and he, he saw all of this tension around him and he he was like no like screw you i'm gonna do this anyway like mm -hmm. his his ninth symphony is the funniest thing ever because stalin was like you're gonna write an epic symphony and shostakovich was like no screw you i'm gonna write this rinky dink little stupid thing um because uh just to stick it to you and That's he actually... almost got killed because of that mm -hmm. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. He, uh, the balls of the, that uh, man. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the piano thing that I was talking about with no dissonance is also mm -hmm. kind of a screw you to uh, Stalin. Yeah. Um, it was basically saying, uh, you know, you like my music? Yeah. Now you don't. So like, it's it's really interesting. His history is uh if, is really cool. To the my viewers, if you want more context uh, about Stalin. Go to uh, this channel called Tantacruel. He has this really amazing video called uh, Composing with Redacted Watching because YouTube flagged him when he said Stalin. Um, but Composing with Stalin <laughs> Watching. Um, it's, a, it's an incredible video, and it honestly kickstarted my love of Shost. All right. So um, we talked a lot about uh, – so in, in this podcast, we've talked about our favorite instruments, favorite chords. We've talked a lot about Shosti and different uh, pieces that we like to uh, – uh, relate to those instruments that we talked about. Um, 
what else do you mm-hmm. uh what else do you want to add on to this uh this podcast this particular episode i forgot this is one episode um this is honestly gonna be like two hours um <laughs> so it, it's gonna be a long long boy podcast but uh i don't know i just i think we've covered enough i feel yeah. like we've, we've done um we could um yeah we could it's good note we could end it uh right here um i feel like this is a good conclusion we just had a big um awkward moment uh awkward awkward silence so um yeah i think we should uh, end it here so yeah i i thank you to our listeners for listening obviously and um we'll be back next week with a new podcast hopefully with an interview uh interviewer interview interview maybe maybe we'll guess there we go that's the word yeah maybe we'll be cool enough maybe we'll be cool enough to uh catch a guest and and put them on our show and and uh you know scold their ideas scold their ideas but like question their ideas (laughs) yeah i'm like you're stupid like no no we're not doing that here but um yeah thanks thanks everybody for watching and uh it's been a fun it's been a fun uh, however long however long this podcast is and i uh hope y'all have a great rest yeah. of your day wherever you be whether you're driving to work or uh on a jog right now whatever you're doing just have a great mm-hmm. rest of your day um yeah take care take note wear a mask <laughs> or, or buy your shirt. shirt no buy his mask <laughs> <laughs> buy my mask yeah <laughs>